0: Alright ma'am, hey, good things keep happening. Let's talk. Yankees sweep the Cincinnati Reds in Cincinnati, Ohio this weekend. Three games set, took all three. Let's talk about it. Episode five twenty seven of the podcast. Let's go. Welcome to BD four, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD four, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, turning,
1: looking, see ya, Anthony for three. Five. That one goes down. Game is
0: played! Time! time. creates, and shows some dexterity as well with the left hand. All right. Let's do it. Episode 5, uh, 527? Damn. We are getting far. Just realized that. Episode 527 of the podcast. I'm your host, RJ. And we're talking about this Yankees series. Um, before we do talk a little Yankees, I woke up this morning and, man, it's kind of sad. It's kind of bittersweet. I, I saw that um, Carmelo Anthony is retiring, which is is is, I mean, he's been out of the game for a couple years now, but it's official. And you know we were just talking about Carmelo during one of our playoff episodes, how like I kind of wish the Knicks brought him back next year in that Udonis Haslam role. Um, maybe play him a little bit off the bench, like I don't know, but he's gone now, and it's it's sad, man, because he's the reason I'm a Knicks fan. Uh, I've said this, I, I've said this piece a number of times on the show before, but I'll try to be as quick as I can. Melo's the reason I'm a Knicks fan. Um, it's kind of, I guess, for lack of a better word, ironic that Jeremy Lin was what attracted me to the Knicks, and Carmelo was got was what got me to stay. Because um, my family and I, this was February 2012. We were on vacation in New York uh, at some ski resort. We went snow tubing, and this was this was during smack in the middle of Lin sanity. Um. One of the nights we were in a bar at a restaurant, and um, like they had the Nick game on, and Lynn was just going off. I want to say it was against the Lakers or something, and I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool stuff. So when we got back to our rooms later that night, I I I continued to watch the game. I kept watching the game, and you know from there towards you know through the the rest of the NBA season in 2012. I kind of, you know, I was off and on, didn't really pay too much attention, but it had my attention. Like, the New York Knicks were a thing. They were cool. Um, But the very next season, I I, I bought in, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick with it this time, and I'm going to try to watch every game. And I watched, ever since the 2012-2013 season, I've watched basically every single Knicks game I could. Um, And it was because Carmelo. Because 2012-13, that was the season... Where Carmelo really started to take off with the Knicks and bring them to, that was the 54-win year where they went to the Eastern Conference Finals against the uh, Indiana Pacers or the semifinals, I don't remember. But second round. Um, yeah, and, and that was it. Melo was the reason I became a Knicks fan and stayed. I, I bought his sneakers that December in 2012. I bought, I, I you know, I got a Carmelo Anthony Christmas jersey for Christmas. Um, I, I bought his sneakers the very next winter. Like I was full on board with Carmelo. I was a huge fan of him. I was, you know, defending him in comment sections on the internet back then. Like I was hardcore Carmelo, man. And so number seven, man, I'm going to miss him. Uh, he was the, he was the best. He, and you, one of the things you have to respect about Carmelo is throughout all the garbage, all the shit, terrible teams. He had his down moments for sure. He was there every single night speaking to the media. He never made it a thing between him and the fan base, Randall. He never really blamed anybody but himself when things went awry. And that's what you got to respect about Carmelo. He never skipped media conferences, Randall. Um, Never did any of that garbage. Carmelo Anthony was there every night. And so, you know what, for me, it's probably a very controversial topic because people hate the guy for some reason. But I would not hate if the Knicks eventually someday retired number 7. And put that up into the rafters because he meant a lot for the city. He's one of the, you know, regardless, you, you, we act like Carmelo not winning a ring is so terrible. But this is the New York Knicks we're talking about. This franchise hasn't seen much success. And at the end of the day, Carmelo Anthony was one of the best Knicks of all time. So that's going to be that. So thank you, Carmelo, for for bringing me into this universe and being uh, such a big Knicks fan that I am. That's, that's because of you. So. Going to miss number seven. Let's talk Yankees when we return from break. Stay with us. We'll be right back, and I promise we'll start talking Yankees.
1: We appreciate you sticking around and listening so far. When you have a chance, be sure to open YouTube to subscribe, like, and comment. And if you're already watching on YouTube, be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. We appreciate your feedback and are always looking to improve. Now, with that all said, let's get you back to the show.
0: All right, so welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. The Yankees this weekend, again, they swept the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, They took three of four in Toronto and all three in Cincy to make it six out of seven this past week, and the first legitimate win streak of the season with four in a row. Two isn't a win streak to me. Three, I don't really count that either, but a legitimate win streak For the Yankees, four now. It's up to four, which is their first time all year that they've strung together four straight. So good to see that. The Yankees this month have been playing great baseball. They're playing over 700 ball in the month of May. Um, And if you exclude that first loss in the first game of the month on May 1st, they're 14-5 and in their last 19 games. So right around when they lost to that Texas Rangers team 15 to 2. Everything seemed to be at a low point. You know, shit was in shambles. Um not too long after that, I think that was right before May. Maybe a game or two later, that's when the Yankees started to pick it up. They've picked it up ever since then. That really kind of woke them up. Um so the Yankees swept the the Reds. They had to and they did the job, you know. because um, the Reds are a terrible team. Uh, they're not Oakland, but they're not anything more than bad. And each day the Yankees win, I slowly, slowly get more confident in this team being top-notch contenders again. I w- I-, I will say, um, as as confident as I'm, as confident as I am in the Yankees at the moment, at no point this season do I see myself making the same mistake I made last year of buying in like I did late June with the Yankees last season. Once Hicks hit that walk off against the Houston Astros, I kind of like went off the rails and started buying it. Um, just because we're at it. I'm at a point at least with this organization where we, we have to see it to believe it. We now have to see it happen in October ball to believe it. Um, And, you know, Houston's been the thorn on their side for years now. And I look down at the AL West, and all of a sudden the Astros are the Astros again. They're hot. I think they've strung together six or seven in a row, maybe. Uh, Valdez just threw a complete game shutout. Which everyone knew this would happen. Everyone knew they'd eventually get hot. That was never going to last, them playing under 500 ball. Um, So they're back. And the Yankees are back at the same time. And And I'm wondering when those two teams meet, but... Yeah, things are in a much better state right now, and the Yankees just have to keep winning. So we'll talk about this series right now. Let's get into the first game of this set, which took place Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. No, it was Friday night. And the Yankees won this one 6-2. to um, It was Clark Schmidt going up against Lively. Um, Aaron Judge in the first inning, top of the first inning, he picks up where he left off in Toronto. Homers to dead center again for the one nothing lead. <laughs> This one traveled uh, 431 feet. Rizzo then goes deep in the top of the sixth to make it 3-0. Uh, Jimmy Cordero gives two back in the bottom of the sixth with the high two seam that left the park for a home run. Um, it was 3-2 to two Yankees after that. But top of the ninth, the Yanks get the insurance runs when Higashioka doubles. And then Harrison Bader singles in another for the 6-2 lead. Schmidt goes 5 it was Cordero, Abreu, Peralta, and Ramirez. And the Yankees win 6-2. All offensively in this game, six runs for the bats on seven hits. Three of them extra base hits. Four walks, ten strikeouts, two of five, hitting with runners in scoring position. Rizzo led the club with two hits. Rizzo and Higashioka, two RBIs. Bader and Judge an RBI. Rizzo and Judge a home run. Uh, the two best players on this team. Higashioka, a double. He had been 0 for 3 with three strikeouts before the double, so that was nice to get something there from him. Uh, we'll talk a little more on Higgy later, because I want to talk about Big Ben, who's actually real. Hicks was 0 for 2 with 2Ks. Two uh, and that was his last Yankees game ever. We'll obviously talk on that later. Uh, the pitching in this game, Clark Schmidt. Five innings, two runs, five hits, couple walks, six strikeouts, no home runs allowed, and the win. A lot of base runners in this game, right? Five hits and two walks is eight base runners in five innings. But it got the outs. Um, did get some help with the double play. Uh, also, some base path errors from the Reds. But this was a good team for Clark to stay hot, I guess. With you know the Reds feature a lot of right-handed hitters, so that helped him out. Um, and you know, two of Clark Schmidt's outings this year have been against Oakland. Two of his best outings have been against Oakland and Cincinnati. So keep that in mind. Uh, he was checked earlier in the game for for sticky substances. Of course, um, it's once a series, this shit's gonna happen. And you know, he had to go. He had to go wash up. Um, he didn't get thrown out, but it's kind of crazy this keeps happening. I'm kind of like, I don't know, just comply. Like, I get there's a weird gray area where, like, it's up to the certain ump. But just stop putting shit in your hand. All you got to do is stop putting shit in your hand when you leave the dugout. Only put shit on your hand. Only use the rosin that's on the mound. Use the rosin out there. It's simple. Comply. I'm sorry. That's all you got to do. And you'll be okay. Like, you're not following the rule. Like, this whole let the kids play shit, it's not going to change anything if you try to be this rebellious guy, like figure. And These Yankees pitchers keep doing the same shit. They're putting shit on their hand. The rosin in the dugout, obviously that's not a thing. Learn from it. It's the third time. I'm sorry. It's just not going to work. And people are bitching about Like, you tell me. Do you really think bitching about it and not following the rules is going to change it? It's not worth the headache. It's not not just for your ego. Like, I'm sorry. It's really, it's not that difficult. You... My hands are clean right now. If I'm pitching later today in a baseball game, I'm not going to use anything but the that's on the mound. That's all you have to know. That's all you got to do. But it was a good outing for Clark. It was so slow. It was fine. You know, he got it done. And he has been better lately. Uh, the bullpen in this game, Cordero got the sixth inning. Allowed a hit, a walk, two strikeouts, no runs in it. Um... And got the hold. Uh, Abreu got the seventh. No hits, one walk, one strikeout, no runs, and a hold. Peralta, the eighth. No hits, no walks, two strikeouts, no runs, and a hold. And then Nick Ramirez, the ninth inning. No hits, a walk, no strikeouts, no runs. Uh, and that was it. The Yankees took the first game of the series 6-2. to Let's get to the second game right now. Uh, the second game of this set took place on Saturday where the Yankees went to extras in the 10th inning and they won 7-4. to uh, You had Johnny Brito going up against Weaver. Bottom of the first, Brito struggles with the walk, the balk, the base hit, and all of a sudden it's one nothing Reds. Top of the third, Aaron Judge base hit ties the game. Bottom of the third, Brito struggles some more. He walks the bases loaded. And a run scores on that ground ball to Volpe. It's 2-1 Cincinnati. Bottom of the fourth. Brito gets two outs to start the inning. But then the play to Volpe that he couldn't make. Plus the home run to that top prospect of theirs. Um, it's 4-1 Cincinnati. The remainder of the game was all Yankees though. Because um, on the top of the fifth... The Yankees put three on the board to tie the game. You had the IKF home run, the Aaron Judge double, and the Anthony Rizzo single to put it at 4-4. Four four. On this play you had, that was the one where Judge gets caught um, at home plate on a, on a very bad send from Luis Rojas. Um, and then it was you know deadlocked from there all the way into extras where the Yankees won it in the 10th. Um, Aaron Judge hit a base hit to score the, the fake ghost runner. And then the Anthony Rizzo home run made it a three-run lead. I want knots there. And the Yankees win 7-4 after 10. Um, offensively, seven runs on 13 hits, four extra base hits, a walk, nine strikeouts, four for 10 with runners in scoring position. Judge had four hits to lead the team, got on base five times. Glaber, um, Rortfred, Rizzo, two hits, Judge and Rizzo, three RBIs, IKF and RBI, Rizzo and IKF a home run. Rort two hits, a double, what a debut for him. He went opposite field for the first at bat, just missed a home run, uh, singled later. We'll talk more on him in a bit. Um, on the other side, the arms for the Yankees, Johnny Brito, in his last Yankees game, um, at least for now, four innings, four runs, four hits, four walks, six strikeouts, um, you know, every breaking ball he threw in this game felt like it was wide outside the zone. Even the couple in the zone were hangers upstairs. It just had no bite to it. He was primarily sinker again, but even the sinker was a little inconsistent with its location. Um, I don't know, man. He was he was what he's been. You know, he's. I got nothing else to say about this guy, but I'm I'm kind of glad he's gone. I'm sorry, he's not ready. Um, he was just forced to be the emergency spot starter. Uh, but he wasn't it. He wasn't it. Between the, the, the sub-five-inning starts all the time, being a two-pitch pitcher, fastball changeup mainly, with nothing really else to show for it, uh, just having no rhythm out there a lot, I'm just kind of thankful he's gone and that's over with. Um, that we have a real starter there now. Uh, the bullpen, Marnaccio got the fifth and sixth. He looked, He looked good again. He looks a lot better lately. Uh, Michael King, the seventh and eighth, same thing with him. He's looked much better lately. Looking great. Holmes got the ninth. He's also been <laughs> better lately. Um, Weber, the tenth. He, he's a guy who's been pitching some big innings for the Yankees for the Yankees lately. Um, you know, no runs on one hit and eight strikeouts for the bullpen overall. Uh, and we'll get to game three. The Yankees took game three yesterday. In the eleven thirty in the morning game, um, four to one, it was Severino versus Hunter Green. Uh, Hunter Green is, is interesting, man. Two flamethrowers going toe to toe, and it really didn't disappoint. It was a good pitcher's duel for um, most of the game. Bottom of the first, you get the walk, and then the double. Once it was reviewed, uh, you know, popped out of Jake Bowers' glove in right field, in fair territory. The runners scored. Boone comes out the dugout. He gets tossed because I guess he thought it was a dead ball before the runner scored. Nonetheless, after all that, it's 1-0 Cincy. Um, top five, you get Bader with the huge go-ahead home run to left field. 2-1, the Yankees take the lead. Sevy ends up going two outs into the fourth before being, or into the fifth before being pulled on the base hit. Top of the sixth, Glaber then goes deep to the opposite field. That gives the Yankees a little bit of breathing room. 3-1. Top of the seventh, you get the Volpe insurance double to put them up four to one. Bottom of the eighth, that's when David Bell gets tossed for Cincy. Uh, I don't really know what that was about. Uh, but for the Yankees, it was after Seve, it was Abreu, Cordero, Peralta, and Holmes in the bullpen. Got a little bit annoying in the ninth, but you know Holmes got the job done, and so the Yankees win four to one. Four runs on six hits for the offense, four extra base hits, uh, three walks, 11 strikeouts, one of three with runners in scoring position. Glaber, Rizzo, Calhoun, Bader, Volpe, and Greg Allen with one hit each. Uh, Bader and Glaber, a home run. Greg Allen with a triple. Volpe, a double and an RBI. Calhoun was on base twice with a walk and a single. Um, IKF and Bowers also walked. Hunter Green is pretty filthy. The fastball is tough to hit. It's at 103 sometimes. I mean, he was throwing 99-100 consistently. He's got a solid slider to complement it when it's on. Um, the thing with him is he seems to be more of a thrower and not a pitcher. That can be the case with a lot of guys who throw heat. Um, I, I feel like eventually Hunter Green will become a closer, but we'll see. In, in this one, he ends up having a solid game, though. Seven innings, four runs, ten strikeouts. Uh, But the Yankees finally got to him with that Harrison Bader bomb in the 5th inning. And they ended up putting a 4 spot on him. Um, Aaron Boone, in this game, I had no legitimate qualms. uh, But it did annoy me seeing the lineup in the morning. Judge had been hot. Um, It is the Reds. It's just the mentality that I hate more than anything. Like the idea that we have the next day off. Boone sees it as an opportunity to double down on rest and send him back-to-back. You know, it annoyed me. Uh, Ben Rortford also sat after debuting with two hits. Hopefully it was just because Severino returned and you wanted Seve thrown to somebody he's thrown to before in his first game of the season. Um, Also, I guess not on him. It's not on Boone as much because he wasn't there. Uh, But there was a precedent for Seve to stop at 75 pitches. Um, so he was only allowed to go four and two thirds after that base hit. Uh, but it would have been nice to let him go the full five and have a chance to earn the win and get the five complete innings under his belt. Four innings is always just going to be an ugly look for me. It's never nice to see four innings and change or four innings next to your name. Um, and you could tell Seve, Seve was pissed off too. I mean, (laughs) this guy, this guy hates this, this organization sometimes. Um, and then for some reason in the ninth inning, here we go again, slowly trying to be sneaky and creep Clay Holmes back into that closer role. The Yankees aren't slick. Like, Boone's not slick. This guy does this shit all the time with Clay Holmes. Eventually, he tries to creep him back in there. And what happens each time? I mean, this was no easy ninth inning for the Yankees. It got a little uncomfortable for, for a second because Clay Holmes kept putting traffic on the bases. Just keep him in his seventh, eighth inning role. It was working. It, it, <laughs> Every time he's like, it's like, oh, they're not gonna notice. It's a three-run game. It's it's you know as as low stress of a save situation as it can be. No, man, what are you doing? It's like that Beetlejuice meme that's been going around the internet. What are you doing, me? Just hanging around like that's Boone. (laughs) He's trying to get away with it. Like, oh, it's frustrating. But but aside from those couple, you know, things, there's no legitimate qualms. This series, just minor, you know, annoyances and pet peeves, but um, we'll talk about the series. We'll, we'll hand out our you know, tip of the caps and we'll do that as soon as, we, as soon as we return from break. Episode 527 of the podcast, the Yankees stay hot and Cincy this weekend and we'll talk more about it when we return. Stay with us. Be right back.
1: You can also find us on social media. If you'd like, you can follow BD4 on Facebook and we're at BD4Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We appreciate you helping us grow more and more every day. Let's get back to it.
0: All right. So welcome back to the show. Hope you're enjoying this episode. Episode 527 of the podcast. Uh, The Yankees. Taking all three from Cincy this weekend in a sweep. And uh, Let's start by handing out our tip of the caps. I'm going to give Luis Severino... A tip of the cap this series because I thought he was the best starting pitcher out there. So, we'll start with Luis Seve. Um, Yeah, Seve against the Reds on Sunday. Four and two-thirds innings. One earned run. Five strikeouts. One walk. Four hits. Three singles and a double. 75 pitches in the win. Or not, actually, he didn't get the win. I should take that W off because he... Did he get the win? I don't know if he qualify. I don't think you can qualify for the win after four and two thirds. But that's a mistake there on the page. But regardless, um, did, let me look this up. I don't think you can get the win if you don't pitch five, right? Yeah, we just said that. Um, so that's that's you know if you're watching the video format, that graphic is obviously wrong. But yeah, Albert Abreu, Albert Abreu got the win. But Sebby looked good. You know, the velocity was down to 95 early on. It wasn't hot right away. But as the game progressed, he started uh, dialing it up. And he was hitting 96 to 99 pretty consistently. Um, So his fastball looked greater and greater as he got more comfortable and, you know, warmed up. Uh, And his changeup looked pretty filthy, too, later in the game especially. There was a lot of movement on it. It was like a very two-seamer-esque Batters were 0 for three in the changeup. Um, you know, control was another part of his game that got better as as he progressed. Uh, the four, the first four pitches he threw to Jonathan India to start the game were out the zone, but then he finished his day with just one walk and seventy two percent strikes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> he was missing some bats, and he also generated a ton of soft contact in this game. There were no truly legitimate hard hit balls. The hardest hit off of Severino yesterday was 93 point something off the bat. Um, I'm just happy to have him back in the rotation, man. It feels good to have names in that staff again. You know, if I had to watch Brito one more time, I was probably going to lose my mind. Um, But just please, Severino, stay healthy. Because if he doesn't, then we're back to the same BS. We're waiting on Rodon, who may not fucking pitch a single pitch this year. I really don't. Uh, let's be honest here. This shit with throwing off 90 feet, throwing 120 feet flat right it's not doing anything for me. I need to see this guy pitching games. Um, at least a rehab assignment's got to be soon. It's getting to a point where I, I, I won't believe it until I see it. Um, you know, so he's got to stay healthy. I don't want to have to deal with Schmidt and Brito again back-to-back. There's just, there's question there still with Nestor. We gotta see what he does this week. But if Severino's healthy, you got yourself a guy who can pitch like a top flight starter on any given day. You know, on average, he's probably a good solid number two, number three. That that's a huge win for this team. Um, So it was a good start. You know, he got through it healthy. But you know, next time it won't be the Reds. I think his next outing. It's going to be against a tough-hitting San Diego Padres lineup. I know they're struggling, but that's a good test for him right there that there's a lot of big names there. Um, But Severino gets the tip of the cap at his very first start of the year, so that's a good sign. And I'm also going to hand out a cap tip to Albert Abreu, who I thought was very sharp this this series. Albert Abreu is a guy we give a lot of shit to. Um. But I, he, I mean, some has gotten into him lately. Where he he's looking like Pedro. Like uh, he he has been pitching exceptionally well. Um, it's good to see. I don't take much from it, at least not yet. But he's throwing hard. His stuff's breaking. It's moving. Uh, he was good. Two to third innings of the series, no runs, two Ks, a walk, thirty-eight pitches. He got a hold and the win in the final game of the set. He looked great, so we'll see where that goes. Um, and then I'm going to go to Aaron Judge, who gets the tip of the cap this series among the position players. Aaron Judge is he's on one right now. He had five hits and eight at-bats this series, didn't even play the third game, and he still gets it. But at 625, a double, four homers, and uh, four RBIs and a homer. Two walks on the year. (laughs) His numbers are nuts again. um, His home run binges are just so fun to watch. Like Judge, after the first game of the series, he had seven home runs in seven games. Hitting seven in one month is considered a lot. That would put you on pace for 42 in in an entire season. Aaron Judge had seven home runs in seven days. That's hilarious to me. And all of a sudden, with this hot streak, since he's come back from the DL, honestly, Judge is on a crazy pace again where he's at least in the conversation for AL MVP right now. That that stint on the disabled has probably hurt him because, you know, had he not missed 10, or 10 games or whatever he's missed, he'd probably be on pace for like 55 homers again. But he's definitely, at this rate, getting 45. That wouldn't be crazy. Uh, I know Shohei Otani is doing his thing on both sides once again. Um, and he's probably going to get it um, as long as both of these guys continue these paces. But it's, you know we're witnessing something incredible. We really are witnessing incredible baseball in Judge regardless right now. It's, it's going to be one of the best primes you'll see. I'm a big critic of Judge in, in the postseason. I get that. And... As a, just as a baseball fan, though, like you're gonna look back at this in ten years and be like, "Man, remember Aaron Judge in his prime? He was a home run every single time up." Yeah, you know, so we're witnessing that live right now. Maybe some some of us don't even notice it, but he's been great. Um, just got to do it in the playoffs. But the bats for the Yankees continue to stay hot, and um, that's a plus, man. This. this this offense is back. We're scoring runs consistently again. The Yankees are top 10 in offense right now. 10th in runs. They're top 5 in home runs. Uh, The OPS is creeping closer to the top 10 also. I expect that to be there soon. Um, On this winning stretch, they're on in May, where they've won 14 of 19. They're also averaging just about 6 runs per game. Uh, So the home run ball is back. That's how they score their runs. We know this. Um, judge is raking Torres continues to hit Bader has stayed afloat and obviously another clutch home run yesterday. That's what he does. Uh, speaking of clutch, Anthony Rizzo is quietly continuing to just rake all year. I mean, he hasn't had a single extended slump. He also hasn't had that one hot stretch, which is probably why he's been underrated, but he's just been always good. He's been good, good, good every single week. And that gives him these pretty damn, pretty damn good all-star caliber numbers at first base right now hitting 302 with a 907 OPS 11 home runs 28 RBIs 44 games he's playing great first base defense he's been awesome he's been absolutely awesome such a staple to this lineup and again so underrated in baseball around the game right now thanks to judge but like I don't know. Rizzo doesn't get talked about. He's been phenomenal. And he's playing every night. The back knock on wood hasn't been an issue so far. Uh, There are some cold bats. You know, Oswaldo, his days could be numbered. Does he keep struggling as bad as he's been struggling? The kid isn't hitting. He can't hit. I don't know anymore. I don't know that he's an everyday player. It's not working for him, though. Uh, DJ LeMayu has been pretty bad lately. Um, I don't know, man. The the defense has obviously been impeccable. He's been incredible at third base. Um, But the bat has slowed down once again. All of a sudden, he's striking out at a very alarming rate this year. Which I, I, I mentioned that earlier, but I thought that would eventually come back down. It still hasn't. He's on pace to have... I don't know, 60, 70 more than he usually does. Um, he's batting 167 in his, in his last 10 games. You know, I, I just, I don't know what's going on with him. I need DJ to at least be adequate, man. Give me 270. That's all I ask at this point. It's funny how my ask keeps going lower and lower every single time. It's like, give me, you know, it used to be just hit me 300, get me 290, get me 280. Just get me 270. I don't want to go much lower than that. Be a 270 hitter again, that's fine with me. One second here. Um, hold on one sec. I'm trying to figure this out. Uh, I just lost place in my notes. Oh, Anthony Volpe. Okay. Anthony Volpe is also continuing to struggle. I... He he is fought out struggling at the plate. Listen, man, I, I gotta stay true to my word, right? I'd be hypocritical to not. Um, I said at the top of the season, give the give this kid until I think I said mid to late May. Here we are, it's May twenty second as I record this show. Anthony Volpe is batting two twelve with a six eighty six OPS. At the plate he, he I mean he's been bad all year with a couple of lukewarm streaks sprinkled in. I think that's probably the best way I can describe his offense so far uh every time you think Volpe's gonna get hot and finally start to string together a hot streak he kind of cools off pretty tremendously like it's like in Oakland he had the Grand Slam it carried into a good raise series. But then, since then, he's fell off a cliff again. 174, average. 10 strikeouts, just 2 walks in 7 games since. I don't know. At some point, we got to see the numbers start matching the hype. And even the eye test. Because it doesn't always feel like he's been this bad. But, yeah. I mean, it's basically the base running right now. And, and the shortstop defense that's keeping him here. Or that's keeping Yankees fans from going wild. You know, I'll give him this. You know, first of all, he's been so so at shortstop. I don't even think he's been that great, but he's had more. I'll, I'll give him that. I'll, I'll give him the fact that he's had a lot more power than I expected so far. Um, and, and again, the stolen bases—we all know about that by now. He's thirteen for thirteen. That's exceptional stuff. But aside from the you know the great speed, the you know great base running, the defense, the power has been pretty good. I'll give him that. Like five doubles two triples, seven home runs, and 19 RBIs, that's not horrible. It's not terrible for a guy who hasn't hit consistently. But that's the next part we need soon. It's the consistency of the bat that just is not there right now. And I I hope, I really hope at some point soon, we start seeing that. You know, Todd Frazier on Peacock yesterday was talking about his timing, how he's been pulling off on the slider Uh, And, of course, he still struggles with the high heat. Yesterday, we saw him uh, pick up a backwards K on the high heat. Um, But it's got to come, man. It's getting to a point where we got to start seeing more. You know, at worst, this kid needs to at least be getting on base. I think the on-base percentage right now is, I want to say, 298, which is, that's rough. That's a brutal number. Um, Get that over 300. But, I don't know. you know, If Peraza keeps raking in AAA, if Torres keeps playing somewhat good baseball, you never know with Volpe, man. I don't think they demote him. I, I don't think the Yankees, they're not an organization to do that. They probably shouldn't either. But again, what happens if we get to June, which is three series away now, and he's still batting Mendoza, and he's looking lost in these at-bats, He's still striking out on the high heat. I wouldn't blame them if they strayed away from their norm and they did something about it. I don't know. Like, if it becomes a problem for the offense, I mean, you got to do something. Right now it's not, and I'm not complaining. I'm just making an observation. Let's let's get that out of the way. I'm not complaining about fopi I'm just making an observation and thinking. Because I understand he's a rookie, but that's why he's got this... That's why we gave him the one-and-a-half to two-month leash, right? We get, That's a large leeway here, man. He's a prospect, a top prospect with a ton of hype. So at some point, we need to see something to show us, okay, he'll be okay. He'll start to hit. It's crazy because two series ago, we were just singing his phrases. But that's been the story of his rookie season so far. You know, at the plate it's been I would like I would say sixty five to seventy percent bad, thirty percent good. It needs to start coming. We're getting to that point. We're almost two months in and he's not showing you a ton of the plate. You stick with it, you ride it out, but what happens if you stick with it and it starts hurting the offense? At what point do you stop making it about a rookie and you start making it about the Yankees as a team? Because right now, again, Guys or Other guys are hitting, so you can deal with it. You can live with it. But you know how this offense can be streaky. They'll go through these lulls. I don't know. It's, I just, I want to see more. I'll say, I want to see more. Um, You know, <laughs> I saw something earlier uh, yesterday. Josh Donaldson getting like the Ellsbury treatment. Like the Yankees are trying to keep Donaldson away from the team and, and kind of have him milk this injury as long as they can. I'm for it if that's true. Um, because why would you want to be fucking with what's working right now by bringing some dried up fossil back into the rotation here? But yeah, stay away. Um, keep fixing your kids' toys or whatever you're doing. And, and yeah, I don't know. Um, I want to talk about the Yankee bench a little bit. Because all of a sudden it's it's become a potential strength. <laughs> I still think maybe a little upgrade is is would help. But honestly, it's a bench that's got potential now um than what it looked like a few weeks ago when it just looked like straight vomit. When you had Franchi in there, you had Hicks in there. Like now you've got Greg Allen. You've got Ben Rorthead. Uh And I'm the Hicks thing, so after the news, I'm on social media, and it's nuts what I'm seeing. People are shocked. Uh, I've seen some Yankees fans be like, yeah, get out of here. But I'm also seeing the other half. People are just shocked all of a sudden that Hicks was cut. A guy who the entire universe, the entire Yankee universe has wanted off the Yankees for, I don't know, the last three seasons now. And all of a sudden, some of us are shocked. Like, maybe we're shocked because the Yankees are stubborn to a fault and Cashman never likes admitting defeat. So we're like, wow, they actually did it. But what I've been hearing people vomit after using the word shocked is that they're shocked because he was starting to hit. They're shocked at the timing. And I'm sitting here like, hello, where have we been? Where have you been as a baseball fan if you're shocked by this? What, so the guy has his first multi-hit game all year? (laughs) Now you're you're all in on him again? As if Aaron Hicks having an adequate day or two at the plate changes anything. One of my favorite sayings, a couple of them, uh, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, and a broken clock is right twice a day. Right? So with that, I'll ask again. Why are some of us shocked? Do we really need to you know, do we really need an explanation of how law of averages work? Do we need to play science here and discuss what regression to the mean means? That's how shit works, people. When you're batting 130, no shit you're going to run into a lukewarm streak eventually. Because that's how shit works. That's how life works. <laughs> you know. Nothing is ever rock bottom all the time forever. It's just natural market correction that's going to take course eventually. Rock bottom is rock bottom. You can't go beneath that. So no shit, he was going to have some kind of hot streak. <laughs> but I'm glad he's finally gone. Uh, I thought it never happened after he stuck around following the, the Harrison Bader deal last year. I thought that was it. And then after that, never happened. I thought, oh wow, he's gonna be here for life. But hey, I, I give Aaron Hicks this. Um, the guy was the occasional Houston Astros killer, right? Obviously, the three one walk off, the three run walk off home run last year uh, in that late June series. He had the home run against Verlander a few years back in the postseason. Yeah, he was a part of that beloved 2017 squad. So I give him all that. But, yeah, thanks for mainly nothing and goodbye and best of luck to you in the future. And I hope that Cashman learned his lesson. Um, But, yeah, this bench is looking good now. You know, it's looking much more upgraded. You replaced two deadweights with two guys who could potentially give you something. And Greg Allen and Rortved over having guys like Cordero and um, Hicks. It's been replaced. Hicks has been replaced with Greg Allen, who I like. And I've liked him. I liked him a lot back in what was it 2019? He played well then. <clears throat> this is a guy who has some crazy speed. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, he can switch hit. Um, doesn't have a big bat, but he, he you know he has enough of a glove to play major league outfield. And O'Neill brought up a good point this series about Greg Allen saying he's motivated. He's the anti Hicks in that sense you know hicks was mentally checked out we all knew that you saw that in his at bats you saw it in the outfield the body language he was done he was out of the new york he was out of new york before he was even out of new york this dude allen is motivated he wants to play he's been with the club before he's re- reuniting with certain guys I and mean, he's got a chance to play a role on the new york yankees again and you better bet this kid wants to play well Um, sorry. Here, let's see if I can find this. Um, Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> I kind of want to talk about Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, hold on one sec. I just gotta fix this. This fucking computer is starting to lag. I need to charge it. So I'm gonna take a break. Obviously, for you, it's just gonna be one long take, but. I got to start charging this and then we'll start talking about uh we'll keep talking about this bench. All right, so I actually want to bring up um well, so when everybody gets healthy, it's going to be fun, not fun. It's going to be interesting to see who stays and who goes in that outfield. To me, there's no way you can keep Calhoun or Bowers over Greg Allen. Um, Bowers, I'm sorry, <laughs> I was trying to buy the hype at the beginning. You know, we talked about his swing, the lefty shit, the athleticism, the at bats. I don't, know. I, I can't do the guy. He's pretty dreadful. He's dreadful. He can't hit a fastball. The high heat is is an issue with him. He's a first baseman playing outfield, and we've seen the negative effects of that lately. Um, I don't want to see that guy stay over Greg Allen. Calhoun, I guess, has hit to some degree, but come on. I mean, ask ask me who I'd rather have between the two. It's Greg Allen, a guy who's helped the team before. They've won with him. A a guy who can help them as a pinch runner. That's why he's here. He's got speed. He had a triple yesterday, by the way. Um, So I'm hoping they make the right decision there. But yet, I wanted to talk about Big Ben. (laughs) Ben Rourfield. I'm trademarking that name, by the way, Big Ben. Look at the duties fucking Jack, those forearms christ but yeah you know i'm sure you've heard the whole you know is he fake is he ai shit um listen he's here and i'm in on this kid a little bit man and i was when i got him honestly um he's pretty big he's a lefty bat and those are hard to find at catcher i'm hoping that at yankee stadium that could mean something. I like the swing. He's a contact bat. The scouting reports say that. Uh, he made decent contact in the minors. I'm going to go out on a crazy limb here and make a ridiculous take that may totally be wrong and probably will be totally wrong. But I think if the Yankees hang on to fed in the future and they play him consistently enough... Do you think I'm going to say I think that maybe somewhere inside there are you know is a 230 hitter with 15 to 20 homers. I don't know. I just I see a little bit of like a Kyle Schwarber light in him. Light, 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 light. It's I can't explain it fully. It's 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 like more of an eye test thing with me, but I feel like there's something there in that bat. And I know he's known as a defensive catcher. That's why they got him, by the way. He's a great defensive catcher. Framing, blocking, he moves well side to side. He's got a nice arm. He calls a quality game. Like, that's been the note on him, is that he can catch. He was a top prospect in the Twins' system because he could catch. But, yeah, I mean, if you remember, this is the guy, this was the guy they got in the Josh Donaldson deal to start a catcher from them. For them. Um, it was it was you know he was at least gonna compete with Trevino to take that starting catcher role, and then Trevino ended up stealing that role. But could you imagine if he actually ends up being adequate, like I imagine, and he makes that Josh Donaldson IKF a deal worth it in the end? It would come full circle. Like you do all of that just to dump the catcher that's been killing you. The baggage comes along with it. Donaldson IKF that kills you. But in the end, you end up getting a great catcher out of him. <laughs> like, it would be nuts. Um, I mean, he's only 25 years old, too. He's very young. I just I, I want to see him play more. I hope he plays tomorrow night. Because Kylie Gashioka has no options left. So when the roster gets healthier, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, I don't know. I, I think, unfortunately, because Ben has options, they're probably going to send him down when Trevino gets healthy. But I would keep him, man. I'm tired of Higashioka. I am. He's boring. He does nothing for me. He's plain. I think you need new blood in there. New ex- some some excitement. Like we'll see. You know, I had him in my roster prediction coming into the season before he had the other injury. But I like Ben Rorford. I think there's 15, maybe 20 home runs in there somewhere. I do. Uh, again, it, it's pro- this is probably going to be one of my. Worst takes, but we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll come back and look at this um, maybe at the end of this year, at the end of the next year, we'll see what happens. But yeah, uh, back on topic, the bench definitely looks a lot better now than it did just three weeks ago or so. Um, and so you like that. Uh, it's got some versatility, some guys who have established roles now. Um I want to talk about the pitching staff because by the way, this is a staff that we we all expected to fold a lot of us expected to fold eventually with its injuries and, and its younger replacement players not getting it done it still has not folded you know like you keep checking back every week at least i do and i'm trying to see if the yankees finally fell on pitching if their era is is bad no i mean they they have they they've had rough patches like every team does but their rotation their bullpen have also had moments, like moments where they thrive. And they've been consistent all year. Like, at the end of the day, it's about the entirety of the game. And you look up every night, and you rarely see the Yankees giving up anything more than a four spot. It's impressive. The bullpen has been their saving grace. Injuries or not, new guys are getting a ton every single night, and the usuals keep doing their thing. I think Tommy Canely comes back soon though I'm not sure what he's giving you. Um, but the rotation, again, Cole has been great. Nestor hopefully has found it. We'll find out this week. Schmidt has been better lately. Severino's back. That's massive. And Domingo has held his own. And even with the suspension, I still sit here kind of unfazed, unconcerned, because I know that the theme of this pitching staff, top to bottom, the last couple of years now, has been they just get it done. They find a way. And that's the only thing that matters at the end of the day. Yankee pitchers right now, 6th in ERA overall. The rotation's 14th, and uh, the uh, the bullpen is 1st. So again, I'll say it. I don't care how they limit runs. Just limit runs. If it's 70% the bullpen carrying, and then 30% the starters, cool, that's fine, good, get it done. Just at the end of the day, when I look up, I want to see the numbers four, three, two, one, zero next to our opponent's name. And we have. So it's it's we're in May late May here. We're almost fifty games in and the pitching still hasn't been a problem like a lot of people said it would end up be a problem. Even with all the shit that's gone on. And obviously a lot of people worry about the overusage of the bullpen. Listen, that shit's never been something I worry about. Um, I think it works itself out every time. Because we worry about this problem every year. And every year, that's not the thing that kills the Yankees in the postseason. It's never, ah, well, this guy was fatigued because he pitched too much in May. No, that's never the story. And it really never has been. So I think it's a lot of people just overreacting and going crazy because pro athletes have to work a little bit more. They'll be okay. Like... Like, as a Knicks fan, I told Knicks fans from the first month of the season to stop worrying about Tom Thibodeau playing his guys so heavily because it won't matter. Just because the rest of the league coddles their guys, it doesn't mean that that softy mentality, that philosophy, is the correct one. Tibbs tested the waters, and you know what? It worked. Playing Jalen Brunson 48 minutes in a game worked. He didn't gas out in the postseason. He was the MVP of the team. Both seasons. Randall didn't play shitty in the postseason because he gassed out. No, Randall played crappy because mentally, he's never been the guy who performs on the big stage. So, to get back on track here, I'm not worried about the bullpen's usage because it always ends up being a non-issue in October. The pitching has been great, and I expect the pitching to continue to be, at worst, solid. When we return from break, I want to talk a little bit about some guys who could help this team eventually down the line. Um, So we'll talk some Yankee farm system when we return. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: If you have time in the day or maybe just prefer old-fashioned reading over listening, then you can always follow along and subscribe to BD4Blog by going to bd4blog.com. We're not on there as often, but when we do post, it's just as entertaining, opinionated, and passionate as we are on this podcast. Thank you so much, and let's keep on with the show. All right. Welcome
0: back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 527 of the podcast. I'm your host, RJ. Um, I want to bring up some names. I've been thinking about throughout the year. Uh, I, I think it's gonna be interesting to see which guys from down below also get chances as the year progresses. But I have a few names I think I could that, that I think could get a chance. We've mentioned Clayton Beater before. Uh, he's two and two right now with double A Somerset, has a 3.48 ERA, forty three strikeouts and thirty three in the third innings. He's got eighteen walks, so that does need to go down a lot. Um He's 24 years old. He's a right hander, 6'2, 220 pounds. He's the guy they got from the Joey Gallo deal. And I kind of want them to see what he I want to see what he's got. He's 13th currently in the Yankee farm system. He's got a high arm slot. I was reading up on his scout repo. He's got a high arm slot, which, you know, creates that downhill plane. His fastball sits in the mid 90s. It can touch 98. It has a lot of carry on it some nice arm side run to it so we can you know can kind of two seam it uh he's got a filthy slider in the mid 80s he does need to work on his bag a little bit because his changeup is rarely used and he's kind of ditched the curveball for the slider uh, the curveball can look good at times it's got a 12 to six drop on it but it's it's inconsistent um, but I think he should be an option for the Yankees to use in the bullpen if they you know they they're always gonna be looking for bullpen help, you know. Guys are getting hurt all the time, so it, it could be an option. Um, I I thought he would you know would have been a good option to use as a starter at this at the top of the season when you know you had all those injuries. But um, Will Warren, Will Warren's another good arm that could get a shot. He's a right-handed pitcher. Uh, he was drafted by the Yankees just last season, just last year was drafted by them. Uh, and he started in Hudson Valley, and now he's just been promoted to Triple A. So he finished his Double A strong with 12 straight scoreless innings, and he debuted in Triple A recently. Six innings, two runs, four hits. Uh, the only two runs were two solo shots and four strikeouts. So not bad. Uh, his pitch mix is pretty deep too. He's got a four seam, he's got a two seam sinker, uh, he's got a slider, change up, and a curveball. So just you know, someone to keep an eye out on is Will Warren. Because maybe at some point if he keeps progressing at this insane rate he's progressed at on each level, the Yankees give him a shot. Um, Austin Wells is obviously a guy who is MLB ready to me. He's a position player. he catcher slash maybe eventually first or second base. I don't know. But he's a guy who a lot of people think is ready. He controls the strike zone well. He's got good pitch recognition. He's got raw power. Both from his bat speed and his strength. He makes hard contact to all fields. I listen to a lot of content creators, and one of them in particular thinks that um, this is a guy who looks into the farm a lot. He, he thinks that guy gets called up, he could be a 280 hitter right now. So a lot of people are high on him. Um, obviously, the Yankees have a bit of a jam at, at catcher right now. But again, it's been said that Wells may eventually have to move positions. Uh, But still, I think the infield is jammed up, too. I don't know. It's a little unclear and tricky to see where Austin Wells ends up. But just another one to keep an eye on. Um, Obviously, you got Jason Dominguez. Um, All of a sudden, he's starting to rake a little bit down there. Got off to a very slow start, but he's been mashing fastballs this entire month, 400-plus feet. Four homers in May, a double. Uh, He wasn't hitting at all in April but he was walking. Now he's not walking as much, but he's hitting more in May. Um, I don't think that he's MLB ready yet. I'm kind of glad they're keeping him in, in A. But who knows? Maybe if he gets hot and he starts hitting, we see a September call-up. Uh, that, to me, would be the fastest route for him. I think most likely the timeline sees him coming up next year at some point. But just keep an eye out. You never know what could happen. Because uh, they are looking for left field help. Peraza is back down in AAA. He's healthy again, and he's hitting. Uh, we've obviously spoken on him a number of times. He's he's obviously a guy who plays great defense. Um, I think there's a hit tool somewhere in him. Uh, and there's an excellent chance this season, though, that at least one of Peraza or Torres is moved by the deadline. If it's Torres, then we have to have Peraza come up playing somewhere in the infield for them ASAP. If it's Peraza that's moved, then hopefully we get a damn good return, because you know that, that that's always been a logjam right there. Um, it's it, to me, it's something that should have been settled already, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, but I just, I, you know, I thought I'd bring up a few names uh, because those guys are obviously top guys in the system. Um, that Andres Chapparo kid, I also hear a lot about him. I don't know much about him. I got to do more research on him first before we talk about him. But those are just some. Ideas in the Yankee system. Um, and so now the Yankees at 29 and 20 on the season. Coming up, you've got the O's for three games. You're hosting them in the Bronx this week. That series begins tomorrow. Uh, you got the day off today. The Yankees are just, I think, three games back from Baltimore, who are number two in the AL East. And if you can take care of them, that division is all of a sudden right there for the taking again. You know, five and a half from Tampa right now, um, but the O's are hot. Baltimore is hot. They're looking good. They're no longer obviously an easy sweep, um, but I still want to take care of them. And overall, for the rest of May, you've got nine games remaining, and they're against pretty quality teams. You got three versus Baltimore, three versus San Diego, and then you're going to Seattle for three after that. So that's the rest of May. So listen, if you want to win the division. You have to do difficult things. Especially with the hole the Yankees have themselves in. Because of their slow start in April. It's not going to be easy. It never was supposed to be easy. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But if the Yankees want to take the AL East, they got to win games. So my ask for these nine games coming up is that at worst, they go 6-2. and two. If they really want to put themselves back in the picture for the division, you got to go six and two at least. Can they do that? If so, that's an absolutely tremendous stretch. And it very well could have them not just in the race for the division again, but being a top five team in baseball. You know? Uh, but anything less or, or much less, we're right back where we were not too long ago in a hole with two months already down the drain. So. I think six and two has to be the ask on these next nine games. Um, again, you got a home stand coming up, and then you're going you're going to Seattle to begin a West Coast trip. I think it's Seattle, and then starting next month, you got the Dodgers. Got to go there. So those ten p.m. ten p.m. games are going to be a fucking blast. <laughs> That's it. Let's head to our break, final break, and then we'll wrap this up with our question of the day. Stay with us. Be right back.
1: Studio 69 Productions is a production company that allows content creators of all genres to market their podcast or whatever project they're working on. It's an online platform that will promote your content no problem. All you have to do is get in touch with film director and podcast producer Leo Rodriguez from Say No More Podcast and you're good to go. You can find him on Instagram at Studio 69 NJ, Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ
0: Carbone. You are listening to episode 527 of the podcast. Let's wrap this up, get to our our trivia question of the day. Man, I cannot speak. Let's finish this up. Alright, so for episode 527, our trivia question of the day, simple. Who hit the first home run in the new Yankee Stadium? That's the the 2009 stadium. Who hit the first home run in the new Yankee Stadium? Alright, that's it. That's all we got. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Thank you for stopping by, and I'll see you in 528. But as for episode 527, that'll do it. Thanks so much. See you around.
1: This episode was brought to you by Anchor. Hey there! If you stayed the entire way through, we thank you immensely for it. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come back for the next episode real soon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, download these episodes, and share them with your friends as well. BD4 is a five star podcast simply because of you, and we'd like to keep it that way. Have a wonderful day. Go, Yankees. And go Knicks.